0: and welcome to the in the money players podcast this is our show for the races of august 12th a saturday i'm peter thomas fornatal back with you coming to you from the little house on the east side once again i almost said brooklyn bunker not quite sure where my brain is at the moment i've been Saratoga people but uh we got a great show for you covering racing from around north america including starting off On the standard bread side. And to do that ahead of a big night um, in that discipline, we bring in a guy who is a rising star on that side of things. And you know him from his first over podcast and many, many other places. He's Edison Hatter. Edison, what's going on, man?
1: Hey Pete, uh, always great to be on with you. Uh, great to see you in person at Saratoga last weekend. Of course, uh, four-star Dave this weekend, Arlington Million, uh, big thur- standard, er, uh, thoroughbred side of things uh, this Saturday. But uh, how about a little Friday evening standard bread action to kick off the weekend?
0: That's right. I said I said it's for the 12th. We start off on the 11th. It'll be tonight for most people upon hearing the show. I'm going to get it up as quickly as possible. That's why we lead with you today, Edison. So tell us about the significance of Dan Patch Night. What are we dealing with here?
1: Well, you know, we've been happy to partner here at In the Money Media with uh, Caesars Entertainment to talk some of their big nights. So we, of course, did opening weekend at Hoosier, and then their other two big Grand Circuit nights are Dan Patch Night this week, and we'll talk the Caesars Trotting Classic again the next month. But uh, Dan Patch Night, uh, it's a 15-race card this year. Uh, it's a fantastic betting card, great opportunities. And the big one, Pete, it's... Uh, Race 13, they go for $310,000. It's the free-for-all pace, the damn Patch stakes. Uh, it's an overflow field of 11. And, uh, you know, these are just those top older pacers, uh, kind of like the classic division, per se, of the thoroughbred. So we just kind of get to see the, these top free-for-all pacers, knock heads again. This is, of course, the division Bulldog Hanover ran away
0: with last year. This year, a little more competitive. <laughs> Sounds pretty exciting. We, I know there are some significant guaranteed pools throughout the course of the night uh tell what can you tell us about the about those yeah there are a lot of guaranteed pools on,
1: on the card that uh will span later in the evening so uh thirty thousand dollar late pick four races 12 to 15 the last four on the card and uh of course as you're listening to this friday morning friday afternoon you can go listen to the round table we did uh, last night thursday night Uh, with myself, uh, the usual suspects, and uh, a couple of uh, special faces from Caesars Entertainment actually joined us as well. And, uh, you know, we gave out tickets. We talked that late pick four sequence, so a $30,000 guaranteed pool there, a $30,000 Superfecta pool guaranteed on that Dan Patch Stakes. Again, a lot of uh, value opportunities we talked underneath last night as well, so a lot of opportunities in that pool. And if you're sticking around till the end, in race 15, a $30,000 Hoosier high five guaranteed pool so uh pete some good money you made on a friday night in indiana
0: and definitely the place to go is the round table you can find that replay over on youtube just like edison said Uh, tell us what else has been going on on the standard bread side of things on the network i know there's been there's been a ton of ton of great content coming down the pipe and a ton of great stuff coming up really enjoyed uh, visiting with the guys uh, last weekend as well
1: yeah, definitely, uh, Pete. We're definitely in the very, very busy time of the year in the standard-bred world, and uh, it kind of has highlighted, I think, working with just about every single one of our partners in the last couple of weeks. Uh, of course, we're always grateful. Uh, last weekend, the greatest day in, in Harness Racing to the Meadowlands Racing Entertainment, as well as the Hamiltonian Society for their sponsorship regarding that weekend. Uh, the USCA, we we're happy to have them back on board, um, and we will be working for them next weekend. Sun Stakes coming up at Pocono, Uh, So we've got the second of a three-part series for them. And this has been a major weekend in Sweden. Uh, This coming weekend, the Albi Stora Pre. That show is already out uh, this coming Saturday morning. And next Wednesday will be Jubilee MS the biggest race for a five-year-old in Sweden. So uh, we'll discuss that. And there'll be a show out early next week. So uh, a lot of stuff to discuss there. Always thankful, of course, to Woodbine Entertainment Group and uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park for their sponsorship of our weekly show. We... March on through there, a racing calendar. Ray Catolo and I were on to discuss uh, this weekend's racing action. And, uh, yeah, that roundtable for Hoosier, for Caesars Entertainment. We're glad to have them on board, too. And uh, I think that covers what we got for now, Pete. But, but that's that was a lot impressive. of content.
0: That was impressive. It, it is a lot of support we've been getting, and we do appreciate it. All right, before I let you get out of here, give us some high points in terms of where we want our dollars to be going, Edison, in terms of this friday night uh dan patch carter are there are there a couple of best bet type situations for us you can share here and again for much more check out that round table over on the youtube channel but but give us a couple of high points before we we, we uh send you out of here
1: yeah the round table is definitely obviously a place to go to here. not only my thoughts but again uh, we actually had seven pete i think that's a new record seven people on that round table so there are a lot of opinions that you can gather from that card but uh, i guess we'll start with race 13 of course the big one uh and again, eleven horse fields. So that means the ten and the eleven will actually start in the second tier, and uh, the 8, little rocket man, twelve for sixteen this year. He's gonna have to work out a trip from that outside post. I think he's uh, gonna take some, uh, uh, gonna be taking some money though. I think we will get an okay price on him though to give him a chance to rebound against Charlie May, who's gonna have to work from that post ten draw in the second tier. Uh, I know there's some on the ground table though, that like line drive Hanover from post six at nine to two. So there's definitely. Different directions you could go in this race, but uh, for me, it will be little rock man on top. And if you're looking for value underneath, maybe that guaranteed super effective pool. The one, a buckabat hanover, and uh, the three, this is the plan. Those are maybe two of the eight to one, 20 to one morning lines. Looking at those two, maybe uh, to try underneath and uh, yeah, to close out the evening at least. Uh, the six, Karen Joseph, uh, in race 15, that final that I think can be a single in that late pick four, and also the opportunity to um, single that one in the top spot of your ticket if you're going to play into that guaranteed to high five pool, Pete. So uh, again, a lot of betting opportunities late on the card when it comes to those guaranteed pools, raises 12 to 15, but uh, don't don't sleep on the first couple uh, races, the first half of the card either, Pete. There's, there's a lot of, of good betting opportunities spread all across this 15-race card.
0: We're going to have it on as we uh, do our celebrations. Uh, continue here, just the general Saratoga celebrations. I'm calling it the end of my birthday festival this weekend. I, I feel like I can't push my luck any further, but it's always fun to have your guys's info to be betting uh, the standard bread stuff as well. As we we sit at, uh, we, we sit at dinner or back at the house afterwards, sipping a whiskey and, uh, and firing away on standard bread action. Edison, it was great seeing you. I hope we get you back up here again before too long and we'll be talking soon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Pete. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I always look forward to this weekend. A lot, a lot of big racing uh, the system, the calendar, the second weekend in August and, course you know my birthday this sunday so i'll look forward to catching all that action and then kind of unwind the little birthday party then the the weekend
0: i will pass the birthday festival baton off to you hopefully you can carry it uh you know another week or two (laughs) will do Next up on the show, very excited to dive into this Saturday pick six at Saratoga with two guests I love to have on these airwaves. The first, you hear him all the time. He hails from the planet Texas, though he resides in Saratoga Springs a significant amount of the time as well, and you see him on Fox all the time. Jonathan Kinchen, what's up, J.K.? Well, significant
2: amount of the time that does not mean more than half of the time, Pete. He because means I'm I was worried if any lawyers were listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here <laughs> about forty nine percent of the time. 49% yes. of the time you can
0: find me here. You could hear me backpedaling like Deion Sanders. <laughs> what I was saying. We also have in a guy who's always a pleasure to talk to. We haven't had on uh, enough this season. Ooh, we have to get a we have to get a performance of the week from him as well. I'll put that bug in his ear and we'll come back to that at the end. From Adelphi Racing, Matt Kater. Matt, what's going on?
3: Thanks for having me, man. No, no, no tax-oriented issues here. So you can <laughs> get on more of it.
0: So your name came up the other day, Matt, at the at the yearling sale at Fasig Tipton because Perrin has just started really getting into racing on kind of a different level, more attracted to the pedigree side of things than anything else. And also, you know, being able to get up close and, and look at horses and she without irony. You know, walks up, sees this into mischief, you know, walk by at the sale the other night. It's like, Daddy, can we buy that one, please? I know you have some horses with a Delphi. Can we buy that one? <laughs> So I'm telling her, look, Perrin, you know, it's, it's, uh, we, we, we're probably not going to buy at the sale. It's a great sale, but it's not historically known as the most value for money sale. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll look up Uncle Matt and, and we'll come back to the New York bread sale next week. And maybe, just maybe we can, we can get one. And then she has her annually scheduled trip. To West Virginia uh, coming up, a family, little, little family camp situation, and, and she was very disappointed and it was a very charming disappointment when she saw that she wasn't actually going to be around for the New York sale. But So you are going to be spared having another 10-year-old uh, tugging at you and asking why we can't buy a horse axe at the sale over the next few days, but I assume you'll have plenty else keeping you busy for the New York bread sale?
3: She She obviously has good taste if she's picking out into mischief, so... <laughs> Good for, good for her. I barely allow myself to uh, to attend the select sale. It's just too much temptation and not enough money. So we uh, <laughs> definitely be focused on the New York bread sale. We 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 typically buy there. Um, you know, we bought anywhere from like one to four horses a year from there. So we've we've always walked away with something, and uh, it's been a very productive sale for us. Actually, uh, ironically, this current Saratoga meet, it's been a productive sale for us. We had a, a, a two year old debut hard par. Uh, he debuted at thirty-one to one and, and ended up finishing a nice second. We had bought him out of the sale last year, and then two years ago we bought uh, a colt that you're involved with, Gem Mint Ten, who's um, turned into a nice racehorse. And he had a nice second up here to a, a really solid George Weaver horse. So uh, we we always like that sale. We've seemed to have good luck there, so we'll definitely be shopping it.
0: I gave Gem Mint Ten the performance of the week last week, even though Certified Lover Boy had the Adelphi win, just because it was such. And I haven't really talked to you about this, but like, you know, there's different kinds of value, right, in life and different kinds of equity in life. The emotional value of being in the paddock with a group of friends, with companionable partners, you know, at Saratoga that and and having the horse run well. Like, obviously you want to win, but I mean, to put in a winning effort, it was really, really special and it just – you know, was another one of these very positive Adelphi experiences that I've had up here. So I wanted to thank you on air personally for that and ask how the horse has done uh, since the race.
3: Well, he he definitely gave us a route. You know, obviously you want to win in Saratoga, as you said, but uh, if they run well, it's hard to be disappointed. And and if you get to have a fun route down the lane in Saratoga, that's an experience in and of itself. So I'm glad she and you enjoyed that. Uh, He's come out of the race great so far. Um, The next race comes back a little quicker, maybe than trainer Ray Handel would like, but um, you know at this point he's he's shown that he's bounced out of the race good, and I I think we're going to take another shot there uh, towards the end of the meet. I think it's like the 27th of August, if I remember correctly, uh, that New York bred first level allowance comes back. It's an extra sixteenth of a mile next time, so a mile and a sixteenth versus the mile, uh, but two turns again, which it was big to see him prove that he could go two turns last time as well. So I'm excited about him. I mean he he certainly. I guess the good thing about conditioned races like that is we will not run into the winner. So uh, he was well clear of everybody else. And hopefully uh, that's a good sign for, for the next spot.
0: Good stuff. We'll come back to you at the end for some thought on last week's Adelphi performance of the week, which I did not do on the early week show, knowing you were going to be on this one, but right now we're going to dive into this pick six on Saturday, starting with New York bred Phillies maidens going six on the dirt. JK will bring you in for your thoughts on how we want to light this
2: candle. Yeah. I mean, I thought this was a tough spot. I mean, when you look at these pick sixes and, and, and you look at these, uh, I mean, I know there's a pick six show, but based, I'm just gonna, I don't care. Based on this race with the hundred thousand dollars seated pool on Saturday, I would not play the pick six. I would play the pick five because I don't have an opinion in this race. Like I don't, this isn't a race that, that, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I need the one a, I need the two, I need the five, I need the nine and I need the 11 to feel safe in this sequence, in this, in this race. So, and, and then, you, and, and here's the thing, the 11 really causes s- some confusion, um, Richie's princess, because it's Larry Ravelli. We know that he has a lot of success with, with shipping in horses, these two-year-olds. This is obviously a three-year-old, but, but fast horses, you get IRAD, you're drawn outside, the horse is going to be bet. The horse could win by six or run up the track, but you have to use the horse. And I just, so that's my answer without giving you my answer, Pete. I think this is a spready, spready race.
0: That's a great answer. And, you know, we do on these shows, you bring up a key point, actually, because a lot of times on these shows, we're looking at a pick five, we're looking at a pick six, but that's because that's sort of the easiest way to tackle a, a card when you have guess and only a certain amount of time to do it. Always encourage people to find where their opinion is in that sequence. We might talk about six races and end up playing a double. So with that in mind, um happy with that and we'll talk more about that seated pick 5 when we get to it. But first, we'll turn it back to Matt to ask which numbers you will be using in whatever iterations of wagers you play in Saratoga on Saturday.
3: I'll I'll probably be a little bit tighter for me. I like the two horse for Belmont. I thought the debut was good. Kind of got uh, the worst of it out of the gate and got left a bit. And I thought he made it uh, or she made a good run uh, down the lane um, to get third in there. And you know I think second time for Belmont, you know probably pretty live here. Uh, and you know I I, I guess you know drawing the rail, you know is going to have to break. But I really thought that the issues at the the break last time were more circumstantial unless that she didn't break well. I think she had a couple of horses kind of come in on her and, uh, you know, created an issue there. So I'm, I'm going to trust Bill Mott second time um, to have her ready. So I like that horse. And then I like the horse that Jonathan was talking about on the outside uh, for Larry Ravelli. The female side of that family is just super precocious. Um, you know, Jean Elizabeth, the half uh, sister won her first four career starts. Uh, another, Uh, brother unscathed uh, was second first time out but only lost by three quarters of a length and then one second time out Uh, another brother dug out won his first three career starts Uh, another brother what's up dude uh, I believe uh, won his first two career starts Uh, another brother Adios Asher was third but only beaten a half a length first time then won uh, his next two starts so there's just a ton of a precocity in the female family there. And it's Larry Rivelli. So for me, it's those two horses.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a must use. And I love those angles digging a little bit deeper, whether you use formulator or whatever tool it is to look at those sibling PPs and get a sense of, you know, there's female families where typically they need one and there's ones where they come much closer to fully formed. And it's weird. Sometimes it almost doesn't matter who trains or who the sire is. It's something about, that female line sounds like we may have a case there with the eleven. Let's talk about stakes action in the Galway. These three-year-old fillies going five and a half. Matt, we'll keep it with you.
3: Yeah, I mean I, this race I thought was really tough um, and pretty wide open. I guess the two horses that I like the most, the logical horse on the outside for Wesley Ward, the eight, um, it just hasn't done much wrong and obviously has speed figures that are very competitive in here. I do like the four for Christophe Clement a bit as well. I thought of the three horses that you know finished in the top three of their. Uh, last race at Monmouth that this one had the toughest of trips. Um, so I like that one coming out of, out of that race. I also think that this horse, um, that they've always liked this horse was very well meant on debut, ran well, and then two back, you know, dusted a, a filly by the name of Sweet Lose Got Aces, who, uh, one of our other trainers, uh, Ray Andel has, um, and that one came back to win at that condition quite nicely. So I thought that was a, a pretty good win. So I, I like those two horses best. Um, I do think the three is somewhat interesting at eight to one um, for Gustavo Delgado. Mm -hmm. I thought the last race that uh, she was much the best over Stone Silent. I Mm -hmm. thought Stone Silent kind of had an easy lead and still got caught going five. You get the extra half a furlong here. And and this one uh, for Gustavo has been perfect, basically on turf sprinting. So I'll I'll include her as well. Um, And then maybe a small use for me on the 10 for My Sweet Affair. I think she's really nice. Um, she seems to finish second or third in these kinds of spots. But I, I just have a feeling at some point, you know, she probably wins one of these and I wouldn't want to not have her. And George Weaver's obviously running very good right now. So I'll probably include her too.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. And one you could certainly use for verticals as well. I was so impressed by the Love Reigns run at Keeneland, thought that might be a prep for Ascot. Obviously, that didn't come to fruition, but she turns up here. JK, I feel like that's the key question of the race. Are you with or against Love Reigns?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I think I unmuted it. I unmute? Yeah, yeah, you're good.
0: We got you. Yeah, so I'm, just,
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna single. Love Reigns as a single A. Um, it's pretty simple for me in, in these turf sprints. You know, I, I think speed is obviously a, a, a weapon. Um, you know, her, her last race she came from out of it when mean, she was a two year old. She was a little bit forward. So I think maybe what happened last time was was probably a little her, how far back she got was a little bit more circumstantial, um, but. It's pretty simple. As a two-year-old, she ran a 110 uh, time form U.S. on this turf course at Saratoga. And if you look at the rest of this field, they're all kind of 109s. I think Love Appeals ran like a 112. You got to think that Love Reigns is going to take another step forward. She did run a 110 in her comeback race in April. Her first start as a three-year-old. She clearly, something went wrong there. She came in off a 161-day break, and then she got 120 days after that. So clearly that probably wasn't the best love reigns we're going to see. I think we'll see the best love reigns here. And I think if you're going to look at the sequence, you're going to have to spread here and get skinny somewhere else. I just don't have the ability to get too skinny elsewhere. So I'm kind of forced into a a situation where I have to get skinny here. And I'll do it with a Wesley Ward turf sprinter. Who, uh, who has shown a bunch of promise at 2 and 3 and likes this turf course. I'll use um, 5, 6, and 9 as B horses.
0: Okay, 5, 6, and 9 on the backup line, pressing up the 8. You mentioned already about Naira adding 100000 to this prize pool in response to, in part to the debacle last Sunday with the pick five really appreciate that gesture thought uh, David O'Rourke was brave and correct to go on and, and make a statement about this and take responsibility. I also love to see the, the, the gesture towards the players of adding money to, to apparently they're going to do this a couple of times throughout the meet. I mean, I like that a lot. That's a good, Whoa. that's the best they can do really at this, at this stage. And, you know, I I'd still like a little bit more clarification about exactly what happened, but maybe that's going to be coming down the pike.
2: Well, I mean, I think that, like, I think that what, you know, I think that what happens sometimes is uh, in order to answer all the questions, you have to throw people under the bus that it's not beneficial to throw under the bus. And sometimes yeah. it's better just to fall on the sword. And I commend Day for that. I, and, and this is with me not having much, I don't have any more, much more information than anyone else does. Uh, everyone else can make their own assessments about things. But I think that's a little bit of what Dave's doing. I don't think he's trying to dodge giving answers. I think he's trying to be a leader and say, we made a mistake and we'll do better. I also want to invite horse players to remember that of all of the organizations in racing that are, when it comes to being horse player friendly, you're not going to find too many organizations that have done more, right? Like Naira got rid of the jackpot pick six when they realized it was nonsense. they, um, have been more aggressive with anyone else in eliminating computer wager, automatic computer, computer automatic wagering. Like, it's not like they're standing by just finding every opportunity they can to stick it to the player made a huge mistake. And this is a drastic, drastic mistake that I think they'll learn from. But, uh, you know, let's not throw the baby out the backwater.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree. Let's move on though. We're 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 a little pressed for time. That was a necessary tangent and also a good plug to maybe take an extra look at this pick 5 which continues with graded stakes action in the Saratoga Special. We sometimes play a game on this show. How many words how how few words really do you need to do this race? It may be one of those, Jonathan, how many words do you need to tell us who's going to be on your tickets in the Saratoga Special?
2: I need four words. <laughs> But you're going to make me give more after I give the fourth. Um, Hall and rhyme schemes. Okay. Um, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Look, rhyme schemes was fast last time, but you look at that number, you feel warm and fuzzy about it at Ellis Park on a speed racetrack. I don't. Uh, something tells me that Hall, who is you know Eclipse Saint Elias, you know that they're not buying sprinters; they're buying horses to go long. And the fact that this horse ran as well as they did going five and a half, two-year-old figures are hard to make. The number's a little bit light, but it was visually impressive. They're in the right hands. And because I don't trust Rhyme Schemes, I have to have Hall as well.
0: Matt, what about you? What do you see when you look down at Rhyme Schemes' PP cut? JK's points are well taken. That was a speed-favoring day and an easy trip.
3: No, and I don't disagree with that. And and candidly, I went into this race trying to Figure out a way to include other horses, but the more I dug into it, I just, I just couldn't. Um, I, I'm with you. I don't necessarily agree that the 94 is, you know, a legitimate figure last time, but I can't see how it was any worse than a low to mid 80s, which is still significantly better than the the bulk of this field or than than the entire field to be to be honest. Um, and then, you know, looking at the pedigree, you know, you talked about distance, JK. You know, this is a ghost sapper out of a distorted humor mare. I mean, there's no reason to me why this horse won't get the extra furlong. And then, you know, putting figures to the side, just looking at both races, I mean, going back to that horse's debut, um, you know, the winner came back to run second in a stake at Ellis for $225,000. The second place horse came back to win $150,000 stake at Belmont with a 91 buyer. The third place horse came back to win a maiden special weight at Belmont with a 71 buyer. You know, the horse that finished behind Rhyme Schemes in there came back to run second um, in a big maiden special weight at Churchill. So the form of that race, I thought was really good. And then the form of the last race, even if the figure's not, you know, hundred percent accurate, the race still came back good. The second place finisher finished second in a maiden special weight, third place finisher, won a maiden special weight, the fourth place finisher finished second in a maiden special weight, two other horses that finished further down came back to win maiden special weights at Ellis. I just, I couldn't get past that horse and I'm just not going to, you know, spend the money to, to add anybody else.
0: I get it. I totally get it. It's always interesting when the – it's a little unfortunate in the sense of those kind of form angles can often yield like parimutuel dividends, but of course you got to pay for the figure. But I still think my approach is uh, going to be similar to Matt's, so I'll, I'll certainly take another look at, at Hall uh, for me, maybe on, on a deeper backup line. Grade one action up next in the four-star Dave. Winning you're in for the Breeders' Cup mile. Looks on paper to me to be a match between Casa Creed – and uh, and Annapolis, Matt, will start you off here. Is that how you see it? Can you can you get beyond the top two, and, and how do you separate them?
3: Yeah, I mean, so the way I kind of looked at this race is that I looked at Annapolis versus Casa Creed. You know, my gut is is that Casa Creed's maybe still a little bit better than Annapolis at this point. Um, you know, I do think that if Annapolis is a little bit closer this time, that maybe that gives him a better chance, and the gap between the two of them is not too big. But I just thought you kind of had to pick between those two. And my gut is uh, still Casa Creed there. Um, I actually was a little bit interested in using Emmanuel, the other Todd Pletcher, um, just, you know, based on the fact that you're going to get better odds on him. And I don't think he's really done anything wrong this year. I mean, you know, outside of breaking poorly in the Makers Mark Mile, um, he, he really hasn't done anything wrong this year. And I thought he was good in the poker. Um, this is certainly a step up for him, um, but at the odds that he's going to go off of um, versus Annapolis, um, I might use him a little bit as well.
0: I get it. I understand. J.K., is this a situation where you've got two big favorites and you want to try to split between them and use just one, or is this a try to use two and lock up the race, or are you interested in pulling in a manual or someone else of that name?
2: I mean, I wouldn't talk anyone off of, of 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 picking one of them. I mean, it's obviously a great strategy that, that I subscribe to. I think you pick up a lot of value. You can double hit your ticket if you can pick just one of them. I need both because I feel very confident that I could give both of the riders instructions to have the best chance of winning. So with Annapolis, I think with Annapolis, you send him away from their running and you, and you send him away from there running to a point where Dylan grabs on the Cassie horse, my sea cottage. And then Annapolis ends up loose on the lead. You back him down on the backside and then you take you and then at the half mile pole, you send him away from there and you turn it into a stamina game. If, if, and I think that that's his best chance of winning. If I was, if I was giving, if I was Lee Einstein or Bill Mott and I was giving Casa Creed instructions, Gates Paul, just go get them. Whether they're going slow on the front end, or they went fast. He's got to turn a foot that he'll catch them. Those actually sound,
0: that sounds dead on. I you, You've convinced me now to get away from trying to split hairs. I think I'm just going to use both. I think it's going to come down to trips. My fear, I want to like get aggressive about Annapolis, but I'm worried that I'm worried that it's not tactical that he hasn't shown as much speed lately, and that's just becoming him now. And if that's the case, I do think Casa Creed goes with an edge. We only have a few minutes left. We have two more races left to do. The next one up is race 10. This is a starter allowance with a field of 10 going postward at a mile on the dirt. Jonathan,
2: we'll keep it with you. Wide open PTF. The one gut feeling switching switching to Rick Dutro. Uh, the two for a city. I, I got to have, I do not need the three to Diodoro. Diodoro over for 14 at the meet. The six CC Obello, I'm going to use as an A horse, and the 10 Ice Road, I'll use as an A horse as well. All right. Recap those numbers for me, real quick. Yep. Yeah, uh 10. 6, 10.
0: One, two, six, ten. A little spready to get through this one with a shot going into the nightcap. Matt, how about you? Who do you like in here?
3: Yeah, I I really like the six in here. I I just like horses like this in starter allowance races where they they started for the tag early in their career and then they're immediately protected even off of a couple of bad efforts after that. I thought his last two were really good and I think he's training well. So I really like the six in here. I'd also use the two and the seven um, and maybe even a little bit of the one uh, and the ten. Although on the 10, that would probably be the last one off my ticket if I had to drop one, just because I think the competition in in Saratoga is a little bit tougher than what he's been facing at Belmont.
0: Fair enough. I'm going to grade those with the six sort of as your top one. The two, seven, and one is your main backups, and then the 10 is a deeper backup for the notes. Does that sound about right, Matt? Perfect. Race number 11, New York bred Phillies and mares, a mile and a 16th on the inner. We've got a Delphi participation in this race with the cleverly named Rayom. Though, if you're not a hockey fan of a certain age, you probably have no idea what that means. <laughs> Matt, what do you think of your chances in this one?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, I think she has a chance to win this race. Um, you know, if she gets back to the form that she had, last year. Um, she looks very good in here and she was better last time, second off the layoff. I'm expecting her to be a little bit better third off the layoff. Um, hopefully that's good enough. Um, you know, she's trained well for, for Kristoff um, since she's gotten back uh, into training earlier this year and, um, she shipped up well and I'm excited about it. I think it's a pretty wide open race in, in general. And I think we're kind of one of the horses with a chance. I don't love the outside post, but hopefully Trevor Uh, We'll let the speed go to his inside and be able to tuck in and save some ground and make that sort of patented Clement uh, one run uh, down the lane. Outside of her, um, the other horses I would be using are the one spinning colors. I think this horse has been good since getting on the turf. I thought the last race was good, Um, so I'd want to use her at eight to one. I think the other Clement woke up in some way last time, um, ran a big race. Um, You know, If she can get back to that, she's obviously... Uh, you know, logical in here, and then the other two that I would uh, I have to use would be the Forestella Mars, um, who's been good in her last two starts, uh, and then also uh, you know what? Actually, the six as well for Mike Maker. I-, I-, I think this Philly has a lot of talent, but obviously must be pretty quirky mm-hmm. mentally, um, and that's kind of bitten her last two times. But my sense is is that if she ever puts it together from a mental perspective, that should be very tough in a spot like this. So I'd have to include her as well.
0: Ten, the key obviously one, two, four, and six. The main dangers for Matt, JK. How about you? How are we going to get paid in this hundred thousand dollar added late pick five?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go single A, single B. Um, I, I look, it's it's. I hate singling like horses that aren't like flight line in the last leg or you know what I mean. Like it's it's stressful. Um, but I love Waterville. Uh, the horse ran well on the inner turf course last time. Um, you know, and I think horses that like the inner turf course at Saratoga, it, it's a thing. Horses run well on the inner a number of times. And so, um, you know, you get the blinkers on. I just think this horse is going to be rolling late and just seems to have kind of a quickened edge, a figure edge to a certain exp- extent. Um, and then I'm going to use the six Solib as a b-horse. Um, I, I just thought those seven furlong races were a little bit sneaky. I didn't like the last race, but it was a horrible trip. So you can kind of ignore that. Um I didn't, I didn't necessarily have a problem with the 10. I just, it, it's one of those situations where I look down and I say, am I sure this horse doesn't want longer? Um, and that was the only thing that kind of talked me off. And it's a horse that I would absolutely use. But at this current point, uh, I'm a little bit broke now because I've spread in two or three other races. <laughs>
3: yeah. and, and, and I just, I think it's a really interesting point, Jonathan, about going longer, just, you know, for the benefit of the audience, you kind of understand race placement a little bit on this horse, you know, this horse has run against open company when she still has her New York bred first level allowance for that exact reason to get a longer race. Um, unfortunately, in New York, when you run in these New York bred allowance races, um, they go usually a mile or a mile and a sixteenth. So you kind of have to go shorter than you want to go with a filly like this to run lower on the condition scale. Um, and if you want to run, you know, longer, you kind of have to go against open company and you know, when you get to Saratoga and you get all the horses shipping in from Kentucky and elsewhere that th- those open conditions just get even tougher. So it's it's I-, I think it's a super fair point. I think this Philly wants to go longer. It's just in order for us to run her against New York Bright competition, we have to go with the shorter distance.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that, Matt, because it's exactly the kind of point that I've noticed, you know, being involved on the ownership side, another benefit to being involved with Delphi, It makes you a better horse player because you start to notice and pick up on things like that, especially with the level of communication that you provide to all the partners. Real quick, Matt, and then we're done. Give me an Adelphi performance of the week from last week.
3: Uh, so, I mean, I'll, I, I'll, I'm, I'm blanking on the name right now, but, uh, I think it has to be that Chad Brown first time starter, right? The two year old
0: means ways and means practical joke. Yep.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was about as impressive as it gets. Um, yeah. probably the most impressive performance I've seen of the meat from a baby. Um, you know, maybe uh pirate and that one, but, um, I really like what I saw from that horse. So I, I couldn't get that
0: to to draw off like that under wraps to run that kind of time JK you must have been uh, you must have been pretty excited by that one too
2: Yeah I mean it was my uh yesterday on the show I had to give my uh, highlight first half highlight um and, and that was my first half highlight. You know, we talk about Saratoga, what's so special about it, seeing these two-year-olds and getting excited about the future and, and, and what they can be. And she looks like she might be a flat-out superstar to run a 90 buyer speed figure the way that she did it. She popped away from there. She got in between horses. She came back, she circled. She opened up. Uh, Chad was high on this horse, and, and I think he'll continue to be high on her now that she's gotten her, her maiden broken. This is a good
0: uh, team, a good little panel, the three of us. We'll reconvene it before the meet is over. To find out more about Adelphi Racing, go to adelphiracing.com. Gentlemen, I'll see you over there. Quick note to remind folks, we've got so much cool stuff happening on the In the Money Plus side right now with Nick's Notebook from Saratoga, Frank Scatoni, doing Frankly Speaking for Del Mar, some extra podcasts along the way too. Though none this weekend, we have too much free stuff for there to be anything paywall. But it's a great way to support us if you sign up at inthemoneypodcast.com slash plus. Keep our website ad-free and all that good stuff. Make sure we can pay our contributors. Also, if you want to help us out wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube, rate, review, subscribe. Five-star reviews really help. Comments really help other people find the shows. Next up on the show, we head to the Jersey Shore for a word from uh, our friend who covers a lot of Naira for us over on InTheMoneyPodcast.com. He works on the plus side doing Nick's Notebook, but he also pays close attention
4: to the doings
0: down there. He's Nick Tamaro. Nick, what's going on?
4: Doing great, my friend. Very uh, exciting time of year, no doubt about it, with plenty going on.
0: How have you been enjoying the the racing down at Monmouth? What have you you noticed? Any trends you've been trying to capitalize on. I know you you stay across it pretty well.
4: Um yeah, you know there's been a there's been a relatively clear track profile on most days that you want to want to be a little bit off the rail, which is no surprise, but there's still an advantage to being somewhat forwardly placed as historically has been the case at Mammoth. And uh you know, I think that if you can play the claiming game okay, you can really uh, get yourself in position to do okay. But it is a lot of deciphering the form between some of the lower levels and not getting caught up in some of the morass that is uh, the Paco Lopez phenomenon and and staying away from some of the shorter-priced horses he's on.
0: Let's dive into this late pick five, starting with race number six on Saturday. $7,500 claimers, three and up, fillies and mares going six furlongs on the dirt. What are you looking for to happen in here?
4: You know, I almost wonder if Jose Camejo is getting a little desperate, and uh, that's why he's moving the eighth row back in for 7,500. Last seen for 25,000, ran poorly, chased on the inside that day, adds blinkers from an outside post. You almost wonder if they're going to put on a front-running gambit and try and and just take control of this race at once, and there really isn't a lot of front-end speed outside of that one. So I wondered if maybe she might have a little bit of an edge. The other speed really comes from the rail but it'll be a huge advantage to be positioned on the outside. You know, I say that about Kameho because he's a guy who we grew accustomed to seeing hit at a 15 to 20% clip, and he's one for 40 at the meet. So, you know, that'll reverse itself eventually. This looks like a horse that he's just trying to win with and potentially get claimed as well. So I wanted to make sure in the, uh, in the pick five that I use throwback, and uh, I do think that Stephanie, my love, the seven is dangerous enough to include the other horse I'd probably give some consideration is the five angelic gal second off the layoff for Kathleen O'Connell, who's having a very solid meet, but uh, I'd rate it eight, seven, five and probably use the eight with the two, five and seven as backups. The two being better the century coming in from parks off a big win. That form is not always totally believable, but the drop uh, down to 7,500 off the 12, five win is encouraging.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask about Kameho and this cold run that he's on, but may- maybe you're right. Maybe this is where he can turn it around with throwback, who does appear to get that exact preferred kind of trip in this spot. Race seven, we're on the turf, three and up, allowance types, fillies and mares a mile and a 16th,
4: field of nine going postward. Where did you land? Well, I can guarantee you one thing, Pete, in the fixed odds market customer list is not going to be five to two. She'll be much yes. shorter than that. Two back, a good win. At, uh, at a mile and a 16th against one other thens and and then tried the perfect sting and now drops back down in class for chad brown so i would envision she'll go off a pretty short price a perfect two for two at monmouth and she really had no business winning two starts back at all looks like she might be a philly who benefits from having lasix um even though she's run okay without it a couple of times speed figure wise this just looks like a spot where i mean she's got this field over a barrel. The, the main rivals look like the five uncorked and maybe to a lesser extent, the uh, to me, the seven creative Cairo, who's first time now for Lindsay Schultz, who's quietly having a very nice year. And uh, that's a Philly who, a mayor now who probably wants to go a little shorter than uh, some of the marathon trips that Christophe Clement was sending her last year. So I, I think pace-wise, this thing will set up fine for a Philly-like customer list who should get plenty of plenty of pace to run at. And I envision her being really tough. I didn't have anything overly clever so i was going to try and get through her and maybe use a couple small backups on uncorked and and creative cairo and just move on
0: yeah that's what it looks like to me as well maybe customer list a place to plant a flag in this late pick five race number eight eight thousand dollar claimer six furlongs on the dirt as we get to the hinge of this late pick five what numbers will be on your tickets
4: Yeah, this is kind of the race that the hinge is a good way to put it because uh, there really are few clues in here in terms of where you can go and have a lot of confidence. It felt to me like Big City Bob was going to be dangerous coming off the couple of starter allowance races, especially showing more speed last time and being inside. Didn't feel like the best of setups for him, but I did think this was a a leg where I was going to go relatively wide. Um, I've got some combination of four, five, six, seven, eight. And um, and that really takes out the two who uh, ran well at twelve to one last time out. I think that was a little bit of a one-off type performance, given the, the setup that day was pretty strong. And um, I would envision that he'll 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 be closing well again, but. I preferred some of the outside runners, and if I had to make a top pick, it would be the 7 Big City Bob, who I think is going to get that good outside stalking trip. Two-time winner at Monmouth, and he's just been facing better horses, so that, that was enough for me. I also have plenty of respect for the 8 Bailey, for John Kirby coming over from Parks, having faced better of late. This looks like a realistic placement, so if I had to narrow it down to 2, I'd go 7-8, but I'd definitely be using every bit of the uh, two four five six seven eight in different capacities.
0: Gotcha. A bit of a spread on the backup line, maybe press slash use as proper A's, the 7 and the 8 in that spot as we head over to our ninth race at Monmouth on Saturday where we're back on the turf going five and a half for allowance types and the field of 10 uh, going postward. Got a very solid favorite on the morning line in the form of Biz Biz Buzz, a name that's just fun to say. Are you with or against
4: tough horse to be totally against. Um, I think you might want to give yourself a few other options. he's coming in off a very solid effort, albeit against Lesser. Two starts back, he was a good second to Ike, a guy who uh, enjoyed a good trip on the front end that day. Ended up winning from off the pace in his next start before trying deeper waters. And buzz is versatile. You know, he can sit just off of it. He can take back and make one run. He's got that ability. And I think that's a, a real credit to him. I'm not altogether sure what to do with Kaigo. This is a wild cutback, right? 11 to five and a half. You don't often <laughs> see horses cutting back 50% in distance, but um, you'd have to think that he's going to be a little bit out sprinted early because it looks like there's just not really enough pace in here. I thought one of the interesting horses um, was Mamba on three, who went off the nine to five favorite last time, made an aggressive move off the turn only to get run down by Ikigai. He's a horse who's kind of come up wanting in the stretch of his last couple of starts. But I do think this is a weaker race top to bottom than the one that he exits. And so I want to give him some consideration just for that reason. I also wonder Pete, if Bizbiz buzz is going to be a little bit too short a price. So I'll probably use both. Um, I'll have backups with the one and two just because Kygo's got too much class. Um, even though I do think five and a half is going to really have to, he's going to have to get on the, get on the hustle pretty early, but, uh, I don't want to be beaten out of here by somebody like him with the kind of running lines he's got.
0: No, I get it from a class. It's sort of those warring ideas for me in, the, in turf sprints of wanting to look at class and the best horse and wanting to look at the pace situation. But I, I don't hate the idea of Kygo as a backup, but the idea of trying to get through mainly with the three and the 10 makes an awful lot of sense. We wrap it up with nickel claimers going six. Uh, how do you want to close this
4: thing out? I was intrigued by the one living water who went off the two to one favorite last time out at this level and got involved in a really hot pace after getting bumped at the start now stays at the level draws the inside post, which isn't the most ideal situation, but this horse has a ton of speed and that should be enough to help him overcome the tricky draw. Um, I I think you're going to get a far better price than you did last time as well. I suppose the, counter argument to that is that this is a better race from top to bottom but i thought that he and mr extension the five were interesting enough mr extension comes back from a short layoff for Juan Avila as a new gelding and um, probably should run better by virtue of that equipment change so to speak um the other horse for me was lover boy lou the seven who was inside last time out not really where you want to be people have probably heard me reference that a few times in the show alone that you really don't want to hug the rail at Mammoth. and uh, when you do i think you lose uh lose a little bit of ground in terms of track profile. So I'll go one five seven and try and close it out like that and hope that uh, that we get at least a relatively decent price on Living Water who might just be able to control this race on the front end.
0: Well, we, we, we banged through that quickly enough that I do want to ask you, we have a whole other segment on the show about uh, Saratoga on Saturday, but if you've taken your, your first look yet and it, if anything like stood out to you as uh, as must play on that card.
4: Um, you know, I'm, I'm very intrigued by the, the, uh, the four-star Dave in the sense that I don't think there's a chance in hell that Annapolis is going to lose to Casa Green again. So I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain that he's going to go off not only the favorite, but that he's going to win. And so, you know, I'm going to try and build some multi-race bets around beating rhyme schemes in the, in the Saratoga special and getting, uh, getting Annapolis home because I, I think that Rhyme Schemes is going to be wildly bet off a race that's a little dressed up speed figure wise and, and that's that's enough for me to try some alternatives so yeah pretty fun back half of the card there and including the Galway which looks like a really competitive race and another fun Saturday hopefully we can avoid the rain this time around yes
0: your case on Casa Creed uh, Annapolis reversing form I'm guessing has to do with the trip slash ride that Annapolis got last time, finding himself a little bit out of position early and never quite being able to fully cut into that lead.
4: You pretty much summed it up, right? Out of position, too far back, um, ended up you know losing a huge tactical edge to Casa Creed when that one got to jump. And, you know, there's never supposed to be a scenario where, where he's trying to run Casa Creed down. Right. And that's exactly right, right. what happened last yeah. time. So I think in the in the more customary situation, especially in a faster paced race where they should be gapped out a little bit more with my sea cottage and so high, seemingly being horses with no chance on paper that are one, one of them is in there almost certainly just to set the pace. You know, that should at least loosen things up for a horse like Annapolis who, um, you know, and, and I think I read has kind of put him in the wrong position in two straight races. He's a little bit too far back at Churchill as well. And he's not a grinder. He's not a horse that, that, you know, he's got a quick, quick move type of foot. And and you don't want to put those horses in position where they're trying to wear a number of horses down. So I'm looking for a trip much more like the Manila um, or or the Shadwell Turf Mile last year where he was really close, even in a faster paced race. And he was able to just uh, to get there just in time
0: we'll see how it plays out. I'm worried a little bit about him showing so much less early speed in these previous two starts, but I've been with him. I've been with him the last couple of times and this time I was having I was having a little trouble committing, but your your strength of opinion uh, is appreciated on that. I'm still at war with myself a little bit. We'll see which way I decide to land. But great stuff, Nick. Appreciate you and we will be talking to you again
4: very soon. Sounds great, my friend. Thanks so much. Good luck everybody.
0: Next up on the show, we bring in our man that we talked to concerning all things Woodbine. Big stuff happening at Woodbine with uh, next week at the King's Plate. Still trying to work out my travel plans, but I will be making my way to Toronto to get there for that big day. Covering it on TV in England, too, for our friends at Sky Sports Racing. A little bit of the calm before the storm this weekend, but some still interesting racing to dive into. And that is why we have with us the reigning. Reader's Cup Betting Challenge champion, Drew Coatney. Drew, what's going on? I'm doing good. Just wrapped up
5: breakfast. And it looks like it's going to be a decent weekend here in Columbus. Everywhere else looks a little dicey. And I think Woodbine has been battling some of the rains that Saratoga sees as well, being up there in Toronto on the path of storms. And it's looking a little wet. So we're going to do our best to handicap and give some opinions. Uh, We're we're handicapping based on turf, and we're seeing three out of four in this late pick four sequence on the turf. So let's hope it's just a drizzle and doesn't take anything off.
0: Yeah. And if there is going to be rain, let's get it out of the way before next weekend. Huh? That would be also kind of nice. Lovely here in Saratoga today, actually. And I think it's going to be nice for Saturday as well, but Achoo, excuse me! Maybe I'll even leave that in. I don't think I've ever... I've, I think I've sneezed in, in nine years once on the on the air. No idea where that came from. I'm leaving it in. I'm leaving it in. It, it, it lends a little bit of authenticity. But anyway, the weather looks good today, looks good tomorrow. Hopefully um, Toronto will dodge stuff and uh, be perfect. For next weekend, hey, good job yesterday on Horse Player Happy Hour. You ended up punching your ticket for the BCBC qualifier on Saturday and uh, winning some nice money on the side, and giving between us, we gave the listeners. Gosh, did we did we, we must have missed a race? But it, it felt like we were in with a shot everywhere.
5: Yeah, we, I think we gave out eight and nine. There was <laughs> one that we didn't have. Um, not- that was somewhat logical, and I think it was uh six to one on the board. I think it was in the latter half of the sequence, and yeah. Collected some good money, cash on the side, so we'll be uh, throwing just fifty bucks towards uh, trfinc org slash players to donate some money uh, in honor okay. of Mel. And uh, you know, a lot of that was because of you uh, listening. I, I, I had added a horse in a late pick five, early pick five, excuse me, in the pay leg, and uh, yeah, you helped get me paid. So may as well give back for the good karma
0: good stuff appreciate that always and yeah when we say eight of nine it wasn't one pick on top but between the two picks in nine races uh, or in eight races that's i think it was seven of eight because it was only eight yesterday at delmar if i'm remembering right but still not too bad hopefully we'll have similar success on this show talking about uh, our friends at woodbine we're going to go over the last four races starting with the starter allowance for Phillies and mares that goes as race number seven Looks like a full field or close to full field of 11 going to be going postward here. How do you want to start this thing off?
5: Yeah, I, I like the number 10 wings from above. I think this is an open race and wings from above is 12 to 1 in the morning line. And there's zero pace signed on here today. This horse could just steal it on the front out. Last out too far and set the pace and two back in the five for a long distance. Likely a little too sharp. Today's distance could fit perfectly to get that two length lead on this group as they round the turn and uh, the workout tab looks sharp uh, a couple others i'll use 11 motoring uh, three to one i think is going to be the logical choice of the, in this race needs to work out the trip from the far post but has some of that tactical speed and can get the first jump on the top choice just worried number 11 motoring is going to have to use a little bit too much speed early to establish that position and then two other long shots underneath the number five instructable seems to be the best closer in this race And then the number one serenading Hall at 10-1 to gets second start, and Wilson stays aboard, ran well on debut, and there might be uh, something left. So in this N2L ranks, it's hard to knock a horse that ran a winning one last out uh, jumping up into this class of uh, N2Ls who have
0: only won their debut. We're a little oppo here. I looked long and hard at Wings from above, but I ultimately decided from that outside post and the price that Motoring's gonna be, that Savachi was gonna use plenty of speed to the point where this could maybe set up for one to come from off the pace. And while I I get the case for the five inscrutable maybe being the first the best closer as you said i'm going to go with the idea that it's going to be domer allure the eight runner part of it is just the difference you know difference between five and seven furlongs is is very significant to me and second off the layoff here motoring stretching out from five that's another reason why i think she's going to be up there in the vanguard and meanwhile with uh, domer allure here's a horse that was just running five and just watching that race it looked inadequately the distance just seemed inadequate got got sort of run off her heels a little bit i think going back to seven with pace in front domer allure an interesting way to uh start off this pick for so i'll say this one of us will probably win with me betting the eight and you betting the 10 and backing up with the eleven five and 1 any further thoughts on the starter allowance before we move it on down the line
5: no i promise this is not how we caught our winners at delmar by covering half of the field
0: No, no, that was one each. That was much more one each. Maybe we threw in a, a random backup, but we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, we, one of us will, will get out of here in pretty good position. You are making some cases for some long shots, which is where it makes a lot more sense to spread as opposed to, you know, Listing the first three choices. Let's go to race eight. Allowance ranks for fillies and mares on the synthetic this time. And we're going six and a half. Here was one where I was going to take a little shot with a price. Looks to me like there's plenty of pace signed on in here. And the runner number three, Spider Bell. Coming off the claim, looks like kind of a neutral claim statistically. But what I really like about this horse is in two of the last three runs has been compromised trying to close into slow paces. So you get one that's been trying to close into slow paces, now closing into a fast pace that's a way that you can often find a, a long shot who can hit the board or maybe even do better than that. So I thought that the three spider bell was very, very interesting. And then I did think the the obvious sort of stalk and pounce runner, the five super flashy was one I was going to back up with in the spirit of not trying to be a hero here. But if I was only looking for one to bet, it would be the three spider bell. How do you see the eighth?
5: Yeah, I see it as the number five super flashy at five to two. I- I'm going to guess even money is what we'll see. I think Hernandez would really want that ride back. And it wasn't so much down the lane getting unlucky, not having a hole to run through, but put the horse in a position that, around the, as they went into the far turn, got shuffled completely out of position and had to figure out what to do from there. Looked to be absolutely the best horse. And I think this four-year-old still has the right to take another step forward. Um, I'll also use very tepidly the number eight Happy Valentine. Um, Josie Carroll is 25 second off the bench and could just press the leader if it, if the speeds do develop and have the first run at them. So just two for me, but most of my money
0: will be running through the eight super flashing. Let's move Excuse on me, the,
5: five, the five
0: in the five eight. runner. Yes, thank good good correct. I'd already moved on to the next race and was going to miss that if you hadn't corrected yourself. Race nine turf allowance seven furlongs, fillies and mares three and up. We've got a field of seven and Drew. We keep it with you. I'm um,
5: unoriginal again. The number seven misses green at five to two. Tossed the last sprint race out, was in the rain, even though listed as firm. Uh, it was kind of a deluge there in Monmouth. Pushed three wide the entire way around and really couldn't sprint with that group. They ran from start to finish. And two backs set the pace for Regal Realm, who is a listed stakes winner. And I think today should just get a cozy, like, pressing or lead uh, trip. Uh, so I-, I think this one fits on figures and just overall easy. You know, I'll use just a smidge as well as a defensive play. The number five perhaps tonight is the best closer in the field, but I'm just worried there's not going to be enough pace. It's notable that this one cuts back and we will have to find uh, herself two to three lengths off, which I think is going to be pretty hard for this runner who is a very big closer and hasn't yet been able to uh, get the job done uh, last out. So (laughs) it's – it's, it's a real big question mark for me. Nine to five is a little too short. So if you're playing in the in the wind, wind uh, pools, I think the number seven is the right way to go, especially if the five takes a bit of money.
0: I'm with you exactly. We were reading from the same hymn book here. I don't need to belabor the point. I thought you made a very good case for Mrs. Green. Third off the layoff, looks to have the pace advantage, and the main market rival is going to have a lot of work to do. On this cutback, it could work out for perhaps tonight. I wouldn't argue with anybody if you had prices elsewhere, maybe throwing in on some backup lines, but I was going to go to war with the seven, Mrs. Green, and see if we could get the job done. We move on to our nightcap, $25,000 claimers on the inner turf, mile and a 16th, Phillies and Mares, three and up. We'll leave it to you, Drew, to start off this last race to tell us how we're going to close things out. Yeah, I'm hoping to find a little bit of a
5: price on the number one, Diossa Katrina. Um, I think she'll get the perfect trip here, pressing the pace on the rail, not having to do too much early. I think that's an angle that I've been overlooking lately is what is the rail horse or what are the inside drawn horses going to have to do versus the outside ones to establish the early position? And especially when you're going on the inner, um, it makes a big difference to have that rail position set up pretty easily. So I think this one is stepping right into form and could really jump up. Uh, I will use also probably a 50 50 split with the number three Vivid Fixin, drop in class and get a jockey upgrade, best figures. And um, I, I think uh, we'll, we'll take a good bit of money in this spot too. So just two horses for me, the one and the three. It's nothing logical, but I'm hoping for three to one would be a good price in the number one Diosa Katrina.
0: I think you'll get that. I was worried that, well, actually from the outside could make her life a little bit uh, miserable. I was interested in two runners. One of them you mentioned will actually technically make the second pick, the three, Vivid Vixen, who's a horse that's run well on the inner before and I feel like could get absolutely the right kind of trip, especially if uh, the speed gets knocking heads against each other early. The runner I was going to try maybe at a little bit of a price was the five, No More Diamonds, who I was going to forgive that last run against better sort of against the profile of the track that day. Another runner maybe running into form third time off the layoff, going back onto the, onto the turf here where the best work has not been done. And that's the fear. But I think that's also why you might get a double digit price on this more than ready Philly, who I think might just be a little bit better than those previous turf races. Look, we shall see, but I think, you know, it's one of these new low level, maybe sneaky okay on the turf based on pedigree type of plays. We'll try no more diamonds, but I'm not losing to Vivid Vixen in this spot at all. We'll see how it plays out. At Woodbine, any closing thoughts on this race or this sequence before we send it on to the next segment of the show? No, I just want to see some blue skies this weekend and watch some good racing. Good stuff. That's what we're hoping for. Drew Coatney, always a pleasure. We'll be hearing more from you on Horseplayer Happy Hour and elsewhere. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. I'd like to thank all of today's guests, our founding partners, the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation and Ten Strike Racing. TRF Barbecue, August 22nd. Tickets going fast for that one. You might want to check it out over at the trfinc.org website. You can also give TRF Inc. Dot org slash players i found some more whiskey 200 donation will get you whiskey so that's not a bad thing to do i love seeing team 10 strike up here been fun get to hang out with them all summer and as i like to say we always love to root for the purple and black Special shout-out also to our friend Matt Miller. What fun it was having him and the whole crew up here this weekend. And uh, he gave very generously to the crew in terms of uh, dinners, etc. Matt, you're the best. Appreciate having you on our team. Most of all, though, I want to thank all of you, the listeners, for making these shows so much fun to do. For In The Money Media, I'm Peter Thomas Fornatal. May you win
3: all your photos! I-